I'm reminded of a fascinating moment in the history of the Lyndon Johnson presidency while he was fighting on two fronts, the war in Vietnam, which would destroy his presidency, and his war on poverty, Lady Bird, his wife, was fighting a war on billboards. She detested them. She thought that they were an affront that besmirched the entire landscape of the United States. And, in fact, she got to Lyndon to pass legislation against them. I'm afraid it wasn't wildly successful, as anyone who visits the US can attest probably no more successful than her husband's wars. In Australia, we had another full frontal attack on the giant billboard, the so-called 24-sheeter, an organisation called Bugger Up, which if they saw a, a billboard they didn't like, they'd attack it with, uh, with paint. They'd cover it with graffiti. And that worked pretty well. Our next guests have a vision for a world without billboards, where the choice of whether you are exposed to advertising or whether your children are is up to you. Now, while their targets might be uh, local, they're joining a growing number of cities who are um, aiming to go billboard-free. Spurred on by Sao Paulo, who removed all their billboards in their 2007 Clean City Law, which declared them visual pollution, an increasing number of cities in the UK and Europe are campaigning to be free of uh, billboard advertising. Instead, they want to showcase community arts, nature and raise awareness of the social and environmental harms caused by advertising, particularly ads, which are fueling, helping fuel the climate emergency. Now, joining us tonight are two guests. Robbie Gillette, he's the National Director of Ad-Free Cities in UK, and Gabrielle Schwan, co-president of Plan Le Vue Citizen Collective in Lyon in France, and I welcome you both. Robbie, if we could start with you, how did Ad-Free Cities in the UK get started? Hello, Philip. Um, Ad-Free Cities grew out of a single city campaign in Bristol in the west of England, and Bristol has a tradition of alternative thinking, of street arts, where Banksy, the famous street artist, comes from, um, and alternative green thinking. And previous to the start of Adblock Bristol, which was our first city campaign, uh, there had been a great tradition of people going out and amusingly or humorously altering adverts on billboards um, and, and other groups taking over billboards wholesale with their, old, their own artworks. Um, some of the traditions like Bugger Up that you've mentioned in your introduction from Australia. Um, but Adblock Bristol wanted to take these demands, these critiques of outdoor advertising, and see if we could get the council, the local council, uh, to remove all the outdoor advertising in the city entirely, these huge big billboards. And what we're seeing now is large, bright digital advertising screens. Robbie, in a sense, billboards are bully boards, aren't they? Because you can't turn the damn things off. You can turn off your telly, you can turn off the radio, but not a big bullying billboard. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the outdoor advertising industry even uses this fact to, to boast and to sell its uh, credentials to 
uh, to would-be advertisers. So, yeah, it's unlike a magazine, a TV, a radio. You have no choice when you're walking down the street, whether you're going to buy your groceries or uh, visit a family member, you're confronted with this large um, advertising message. Uh, and often those are promoting unhealthy products such as junk food or new cars or fast fashion. Um, so... Lots of people are saying, actually, we can do a lot better than this for our cities. We could have cities that are full of public art or rewilded green space so that we can free up some of our visual realm and our, our mental headspace to think about the things that really matter rather than the latest promotion from McDonald's or KFC. I understand the British Parliament passed legislation some years ago intended to protect kids from the efforts of merchants to induce them to buy this or that. Yes, well, there's been various bits of legislation over the years. Um, there's the 9pm watershed about whether you can advertise to, to audiences that are predominantly going to be made up of children. Um, but really, when it comes to the outdoor realm, we just like to see UK cities follow the example of places like Grenoble in France uh, and Lyon and Sao Paulo in, in Brazil as well, just reducing the amount of advertising we're exposed to, full stop. So industry self-regulation was a nonsense? Yeah, I don't think that is how the advertising industry is regulated. It's self-regulation rather than legislation. Um, we tend to find that regulation is quite weak. Uh, it's poorly enforced um, with, infor with the, the self-regulatory bodies lacking sufficient enforcement powers to, say, fine an advertiser for breach of those uh, self-regulations and um, so we're campaigning for national legislation not better not better self-regulation now let's uh, bring gabriel into the uh, into the story you're in lyon in central france how did you get involved uh, hello, Philip. Thanks for inviting me. Um, it all started uh, with a climate march, actually, uh, during which uh, we saw um, billboards being recovered by art drawings, even white paper for free expression. And I liked the idea and I liked the fact that there was a base subversing uh, the use of public space. So I asked, OK, uh, what you're doing is interesting. Can I join? Uh, so this is uh, when I joined the collective Plan La Vue, and it was uh, it all started also because it was a special uh, good timing because the local legislation on advertising was about was starting to be under discussion again. So uh, it was a good time to to start an advocacy work and to promote the public the position of the public to the local council, and actually uh, it's exactly what you said before it's uh, the the public is the first user of the public space, and uh, for this local legislation, there were only representatives of the advertiser and the council um, uh, around the table. So we wanted to uh, to bring the opinion of the public into the round table. Gabriel, tell me about the citizen collective called uh, Plan Le Vue, which I understand means I fall, and you're its uh, co-president. Yes. Okay. Um, the collective was it. We are what we call benevolent. Um, we are not. We don't have any employee. Uh, we are 
all different. We have all different backgrounds, and which is very interesting because we are um, um, complementary to each other. Uh, for instance, I don't have any legal background, but I have other stuff to bring to the collective, and it's uh, it's very interesting because. Um, we all ask ourselves what we can do to tackle uh, the global the global problem, and it's actually difficult. Uh, we, and we need to find an angle uh, from which we need to tackle the problem. And uh, advertising uh, is the grease in the wheels of mass consumption of capitalism. I was talking earlier about the old-fashioned uh, paper billboards, but you were particularly concerned by the introduction of video billboards. Yes, exactly. It, it's, it was our uh, red line in, in a way, because um, when we started advocating for the, the local, uh, to improve the local legislation on advertising, uh, the text as it was, was including the um, introduction of video billboards in the streets, uh, which would have been a, a, a big damage. It would have increased the density and the presence of advertising in the street. So, uh, we did a lot of public events, we did a lot of uh, media campaigns, and we also did a big survey in 2019 uh, when we asked uh, all people from Lyon and around what they thought about advertising in public space and what they thought especially about the introduction of video advertising in public space. And this survey was bring to the table of negotiation to the local council, and it helped a lot questioning advertising and not um, uh, putting advertising not in a technical uh, aspect, but also on a democratic aspect. Now, Grenoble is another city that has gotten rid of uh, billboards? Uh, yes, they actually uh, benefited from also good timing because at that time, the contract with the company that was uh, putting in place all the advertisement was about to be uh, to be renewed. And the ecological uh, mayor at that time uh, decided just not to re renew the contract. And it was a big uh, earthquake in, the, in a way. And it was actually a very good decision because now there is uh, more space to to, uh, to uh, in Grenoble. I understand that after the yellow vest crisis in 2018, Macron held a, a citizens' convention where 150 citizens were selected to represent concerns, and concerns about fossil fuel advertising were a part of that, Gabrielle. Uh, we were a part of that, as many associations, actually. The um, citizen convention, yes, as you said, the citizens that were picked up randomly, and they um, benefited from a lot of contribution from experts, from association on all the problems that merged, that were emerging during the Yellow Vest crisis. And we gave a big input with other organizations uh, that are in working on advertising about the impact of advertising, about the promotion of ideals that are not sustainable, about the mass consumption, etc. etc. So so we, we gave an input on the work they did and they actually came up at the end with a lot of uh, positive uh, proposition, for instance, to ban ad ban advertising for projects that have a negative impact on the environment or to ban uh, video reports. But the, the problem is actually not all propositions were 
translated in the, in the law. Robbie, back to you. I'm very proud of the fact that you were inspired by Bugger Up and I should remind the listener that it stood for Billboard Utilising Graffiti Artists Against Unhealthy Promotion. It just happened to sound like an amiable obscenity. So uh, I'm very proud that we've helped you in your momentum. Yes, well... I think it speaks to the value of creative arts and community-based civil disobedience and direct action movements. They've always had a strong place to play in social change movements. Do you uh, support the sort of, uh, well, the vandalising approach of uh, bugger up? Well, I think creative direct action has always played a strong role in all sorts of social change and what the public health workers did in the 1980s in Australia to take action against tobacco advertising, cigarette advertising that was plastered all over billboards and the streets of Australian cities. I think, you know, here we are talking about it 30 years later, more than 30 years later. So I think, yes, uh, whilst it's not something ad-free cities does um, here in the UK, uh, we absolutely stand in solidarity with the, the so-called subvertising movements that creatively alter adverts, that subvert adverts, subvertising, they call it. One of the most uh, prominent people of the Mad Men era was David Ogilvy, and uh, he said back in 1963, when I retire from Madison Avenue... I'm going to start a secret society of masked vigilantes who will travel around the world on silent motor bicycles, chopping down posters at the dark of noon. I think that, uh, at the dark of the moon rather, I think that's a, a splendid, a splendid ambition. Well, yeah, and actually what David Ogilvy's comments, I think, demonstrate is a split within the advertising industry itself. Um, which is that at the moment it is a great place for creative minds and some of the best creative talent we have in our economies are put to work uh, selling stuff. And actually that does create a sort of existential angst, if you like, within many advertising industry workers, which I think is what David Ogilvy is referring to, his great triumph of creating one of the world's biggest advertising firms. Um, is coupled with this desire to chop it all down. And actually, that's um, a feeling that lots of advertisers express when they win awards for creating these great creative videos and for for selling stuff. And they think, actually, what is this for? So what we're seeing now in the advertising industry is a huge debate about how the advertising industry must stop promoting unhealthy products or polluting products. And, And there's a huge desire to put those creative communication skills uh, to much better use. Um, how they do that is, is part of a bigger debate. Whether they, Gabriel, when Sao Paulo were pulled down at uh, billboards, it exposed a city, well, that had been hidden, and people were able to see the slums behind them. Is that one of the great advantages of this sort of campaign, Gabriel? 
yeah it is we are able to uh, to see other stuff and also we have more mental disponibility for other stuff um, advertising is uh, advertising know very well neuroscience and how to attract attention on on stuff they want to sell so yes indeed to put down all the panels and to have less density uh, brings more space to uh, admire nature for instance admire the seasons that change and and also uh, to be able to think about other stuff uh, to think about connection between people to think about um, stuff that are important I, I I'm very concerned about uh, our mental disponibility as you said at the beginning Robbie about to what important problem we need to focus and we need to give our all our brain and uh, advertising is stealing this time is stealing our attention and uh, to have the billboards down is a very good way to free people's minds and to allow them to uh, think about other important things. Well, three cheers for your three cheers for your crusade and a posthumous cheer to bugger up. Robbie Gillette, National Director of Ad Free Cities in UK, and Gabriel Schwan, co-president of Planlevu Citizen Collective in Lyon in France. And we understand uh, an ad-free Canberra group is operating in that city of subversion. So look them up if you're keen to get involved. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.